It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, my buddy Ty Dunn, he has written extensively on the Packers-Aaron Rodgers relationship going back to 2019 after the McCarthy-Rodgers marriage ended in divorce. And now he is writing and reporting and talking to dozens of people behind the scenes. Um, He and I have had a number of uh, discussions as well off the record about things that we are hearing and, and the people that we have talked to. So, I wanted to get his perspective on all this because, like I said, he's been he's been reporting on this for a long time. And I know that, you know, a lot of Packer fans have a complicated history with Ty because of that 2019 piece. I think, if anything, over the last week has taught us is that maybe some of the misgivings that some fans had about what was in that story, that this should give you a little bit of pause to say, hmm, so maybe if I went back and read that, there would be a little bit more clarity and maybe I would view it a little differently. And maybe it turns out that what happened was more complicated than I realized. And I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying what I try and do on this show is provide the clearest picture of what is going on that I possibly can, that I possibly can. And I try and bring in people that, can do it better, that have a clearer picture um, to try and inform. That's my goal. I don't have a bias other than toward my audience. I want you guys to have the most information. That's my goal. Um, 
It's not to defend the front office. It's not to defend the players. It is to try and give, as best I can, the most accurate depiction of what is going on. So we have a lot to get to, so let's dive right in. Um, You can follow Ty on Twitter, at Ty Dunn, D-U-N-N-E. Of course, longtime Journal Sentinel beat reporter used to have a podcast with Bob McGinn, um, was then at USA Today, back at the Journal Sentinel, Bleacher Report, and now you can find him at Go Long. Ty, thanks for coming back on Locked on Packers. It is great to be with you. Pleasure to be here, Peter, man. Thanks so much for having me on. You do a fantastic job with this, so it's an honor. Oh, thank you so much. You uh, you do a terrific job at what you do as well, so it is awesome, awesome to, to have you here. So we connected um, last year after you wrote a piece about Jordan Love and the wisdom of the succession plan. Um, I, I don't know that at the time you thought that succession plan would be happening just a few months later. I did not. <laughs> I don't think that Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur and anybody, you know, had a clue. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers has kind of sped up that succession plan a little bit, hasn't he? Which is ironic because he said he screwed up some timelines and we all assumed that he meant that that timeline was going to be pushed back. And and who knows, maybe it will be pushed up. I actually want to go back even further with something that you wrote because I've been putting together this big timeline of events with the Packers and Rodgers. And you wrote something in 2019 uh, when the Packers hired Matt LaFleur and it was a a sort of um, redux of everything that had gone wrong with Mike McCarthy and, and Aaron Rodgers. And then it was some insight into how that process played out and the communication with Aaron Rodgers. To me, the quote that sticks out is Mark Murphy saying, don't be the problem. So when you think about that quote now, how does that change how you read it? Well, I think the Packers, if you caught them in an honest moment, they would definitely think that Aaron Rodgers is being a problem right now. I mean, this is a quarterback that they want to be their quarterback. They want him. You know, it's not it's not like the Brett Favre situation where Favre wanted back in and, and Ted Thompson said, nope, we've moved on. I mean, they want Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback. He's, he's under contract for three more years. They just don't want to completely give up on Jordan Love, who they took 26th overall. Like, they, is he ready to go right this second? Probably not. And I think Aaron Rodgers maybe is like, all right, you know what? <laughs> you, you, you screwed up my draft day, and I see where Jordan Love is in his development, and I'm going to mastermind this thing and, and get out of here early, get ahead of this. Who knows what he's thinking? We have to speculate because he hasn't said anything. But – I think the Packers' point of view is, is it's pretty simple. Like, I mean, and Bob McGinn had the report that they're willing to make him the richest quarterback in the NFL. So they, they're willing to pay him a lot of money. They're willing to work, willing to work on an extension. They want him under contract for, for next year, for the year after that, for the year after that. The ball is in Aaron Rodgers' hands, literally. Like, as long as he plays at or near his 2020 level, like, he's the guy. And he, he can force them to trade Jordan Love. Green Bay just doesn't want to do that quite yet. I mean, they just took the guy in the first round. Like, it, it make, and I, I totally understand that. Like, you you took him for a reason. You don't want to get caught with your pants down in between eras. And if Aaron Rodgers suffers a big injury or he does suddenly fade and that arm goes, like, you just – you want to be ready. And uh, 
yeah, I'm kind of going all over the place here. But to answer your question, like I, I really think that they've got to be flabbergasted and frustrated and, and kind of throwing their arms up at this point. Like what else can we really do here short of naming him co-GM? The reason I ask is because when I, when I read that now, I wonder how much of what has gone on right now was not specifically, but just that this could all explode at some point mm-hmm. or maybe even I almost said at any minute, maybe even that is a better characterization of it. That the Packers, when Mark Murphy is saying to Aaron Rodgers, "Don't be the problem," and that he's tired, of, uh, and and I don't, it's not related in the piece, but you have the quote about Murphy being tired of the diva stuff. Was that said to Rodgers, or was that said to someone else, or or can you not uh, be specific on that? Man, two years ago, I'm trying to think back. I don't have the story right in front of me. I think I think it was. It, it could have been a little bit of both, from what I remember. I, I definitely know that. Yeah, they were tired of that diva stuff. I mean, you have to go back to that season and he, he, I mean, he basically, in a, maybe he had every right to do this, but like he railroaded his head coach, like he was changing plays and, and doing his own thing and maybe not uh, being as invested into the young players around him that as he should have been, it was bad. And they said, okay, Mike McCarthy, you are out Aaron Rodgers, You are our quarterback. And they got him a, a head coach that gave him that freedom and then let him, kind of do what he wants to do with the line of scrimmage, blend those two playbooks together as one. I, Yeah, I mean, I think that the whether they said it to him or, or said it to each other, that absolutely was the case, that they, they had a feeling that, you know, that this, this could blow up, I think. I mean, and how could, how could you not with the way that season went? And here they are at this point. It was as if Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekinds, and Matt LaFleur over time, they, they've seen this. Get, get ugly, but it's weird, right? Like they, they've been 13 and three in back-to-back seasons. I think that's why they're a little surprised themselves. I mean, they've won a lot of games. He's the MVP quarterback. On the field, everything's really, really good. I, I think that Aaron Rodgers gets along with his teammates. I think the teammates love him. Um, I'm not sure the relationship with the head coach is as hunky-dory as both make it out to, to seem like. I'm sure we might even get into that. But by and large, I mean, on the field, things are, are pretty good. It, it's just that... He, he can't get past that love pick. He, he We have to assume wants power, a little personnel control, a say. And the Packers historically don't do that. That's just not how things are ran. So here we are. Yeah, and and there there has been this perception, and, and I suppose um, that is aided by some of the reporting that out there that is out there. To me, there is contradictory reporting on the Packers desire to not only draft a quarterback, but draft Jordan Love. And if I'm following the breadcrumbs, I'm going back a year before the Jordan Love pick and their interest in Drew Locke. And then, as you reported, the work that they were doing on quarterbacks in the fall of that that 2019 season before the Jordan Love pick, before Matt LaFleur even really has a chance to see Aaron Rodgers play on the field. Uh, in in real games, they're making calls to Jordan Love's uh, you know coaches, and they're doing work on these quarterbacks. The idea that this just like all fell into their lap on draft night, and they made this franchise altering move to me, it just doesn't square with what we know has gone on. So, what is your um, evaluation of of that narrative? I think that. In in the moment, in in a vacuum, it it makes so much sense. 
It really does. I mean, this is a quarterback, 36, going on 37, 38, 39, 40. I mean, this is right when most Hall of Famers lose some RPMs on their fastball. And it's it's sudden, really, at the end. It's going to be sudden. We saw it with Peyton Manning, with Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers. I mean, it it goes. And when it goes, it goes. And, and you don't want to be caught in this position where you're staging this Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston quarterback competition, right? <laughs> or you're you're dusting off with what's left of Cam Newton, you know, when he was banged up and he's throwing for eight touchdowns in the modern era. I mean, it's it, they don't want to be caught in that position. So it, it makes total sense to do what they did. You know, it, it, and as ugly as that 2018 season was, it, when it was ugly, 6-9-1, and one, coach fired, Aaron Rodgers doesn't look that good, injury, and he's, he's had a few serious injuries, right? I mean, collarbones, concussions, all that. And and he's a quarterback that relies on that athleticism. He's not Tom Brady just kind of maneuvering in the pocket and avoiding those big shots. He, he He's susceptible. And then you go to 2019. And, yeah, they were 13-3. and three, But, I mean, we have to kind of go back and then look at specific moments that you – know, week 17 at Detroit, it wasn't that pretty. I'm sure you remember that, no. game, Peter. Like, yeah. I mean, I remember watching that live and, and thinking, man, like he doesn't look like the same quarterback. Um, missing the, the first Royals. half was as bad a football as I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play. Totally agree. Totally. And there were moments that season where they might attempt a Hail Mary or something, right? And the ball is just falling a little short. Like little tiny signs like, okay, are, is he getting to that point? And he wasn't good in that NFC Championship game. Uh, I know the defense got bowled over, but, but Rodgers wasn't great in San Francisco. So if you're Green Bay, like it, it makes total sense. I mean, dang, I mean, Brett Favre in 04, when they were 10 and 6, I think they lost the Vikings in the wild card that year. He, he threw for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. Like he, he was, it looked like he had plenty of game left and then and they took a quarterback and then he played several more seasons, obviously. But like uh, with, with Aaron Rodgers, there were those signs like, okay, maybe we should draft a quarterback and have him develop. And maybe he's ready like Aaron Rodgers in two, three years, and you make that move. And then Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers obviously plays pissed off. His MVP is incredible, takes him to another NFC Championship game. And I'm sure in his head he's thinking, all right, you know, I just effed up your plans. I think he basically said, like, the timeline's changed, as you noted. Like, it's time for you to change your timeline and do something contractually that basically makes you admit you shouldn't have taken Jordan Love. And Green Bay's not going to do that, nor should they. We'll get back to Ty in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about our friends at Nugenics. Nugenics is the number one free testosterone booster at GNC, and they are offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get that complimentary bottle, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels to increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, right now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free text draft to 231-231 message and data rates may apply 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So over the last year, and and almost right away, I mean, in that interview with with Kyle Brandt, the Four Fingers of Tequila interview, he talks about, you know, being at peace with it. And then over the course of the year, you know, the the beautiful mystery and all that stuff. And hey, it's, you know, it's not stuff I can control. He said that about personnel stuff in the past. And then here we are at this impasse where he is clearly pissed off about a lot of this stuff. And we don't even have a clear picture of what exactly it is. We're getting drips and drabs through leaks and through speculation and through half reports. I had a listener refer to it as fish dick reporting. Where like fish sticks are still fish, like we know we know they're fish, but they've been they've been they've been pressed and altered to fit this form. Like we, it's fish, but like it's kind of fish, you know. And, and it seems like that's the information that we have here. It's hard for for me or anyone on the outside to say there was some other inciting factor that amplified this to the level that it is now, or or just run the risk of saying. Well, was all of that stuff just BS? It's really hard to know right now. That's such a great point, Peter. I was looking back at some of the comments he made as recently as late January. I think it was right before the NFC Championship game. And he goes out of his way to say things just happen, right? They just happen in the in the world and you have to adapt and adjust and, and not be a victim and not have a victim mentality, well, right now, I mean, it sure seems like he, he's painting himself as a victim here and that the how dare the Packers draft Jordan Love? Because if, if you're not painting yourself as a victim, you don't you don't give a damn who they draft. You just go out and you win MVP and you throw for 40 touchdowns and you keep your job until until they trade Jordan Love because you're so dang good. Like, it doesn't matter. Like that 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 is what having not having a victim mentality looks like, not demanding a trade and. Being this unhappy when they're willing to pay all this money and and rework your contract. And I mean, there's been multiple reports down those lines now. It's it's so strange. And, you know, another contradictory thing. And it, it's just I'm sure he isn't talking for a reason and, and he will at some point. But how many times did we hear Aaron Rodgers just rip anonymous sources? Trust me, I heard it right. You know, a couple of years ago. But mm-hmm. he, he loves to, to, to rip that anonymous source and, and he's basically communicating as an anonymous source right now. We're, we're getting those drips and drabs via, uh, you know, former teammates here and uh, national outlets there. I mean, he's I highly doubt the Packers are trying to sabotage themselves. Right. They don't want this information out. So it's getting out on the other side. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, it's, I think everybody's just kind of in this weird like no man's land, you know, the Packers, if they, if they do want to trade him, which I think they should, you know, get everything you can for him right now. Cause he ain't going to be there in a year. Um, they, they really can't do that until June 1st for the reasons we know the cap hit, et cetera. And, and Aaron Rodgers, I, I think, I really do think when he's dug in on something, he is dug in and any conversation that could have taken place, it probably already has taken place. And the Packers are just kind of hoping that time heals and he changes his mind. 
Yeah, and and look, we have myriad examples of of Aaron Rodgers digging in and and not turning back and just saying, you know, once you're out, you're out. Um, and you know, we don't have all the details in no, in some of those situations either, right? So, you know, it, this is something that a, a lot of us are just sitting here playing the waiting game. I want to I want to give you a, a chance to address this because, you know, Packer fans since that 2019 story that you wrote. They they were not happy with you and they were not happy with me for having you on, um, which and I defended you on Lockdown Packers. I said, look, Ty's not making this stuff up. We talked off the record about this. We've talked on the record about this. Um, Ty is not out here trying to hurt anybody's career. He's he's not out here just trying to chase clicks. He's trying to he's trying to do some reporting. So when when Packer fans say, oh, well, you're just biased. What is your what is your counter to that? Do you have one or do you, are you just like, look, either you're interested in what I'm, I'm I'm just trying to do a thing and I'm just trying to present you with the facts as I know them. And so you're either interested in it or you're not. That's 100 percent. it. I don't I was on the beat for, I think, four and a half, five years. I've got a lot of relationships across the spectrum, you know, players, coaches, scouts left and came back, by the way, which I, which I, I don't think that, that, uh, you get enough credit for. I will, uh, that's just my own personal left and came back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that, you know, if you want to know what the hell's going on and that, that was the whole impetus for that story. I mean, remember it was, this is a quarterback and an offense just eviscerating everything in their path. And I'm looking at it and they aren't eviscerating everything in their path and the coach gets fired and it looks really bad. And I'm, I'm just watching this from afar at this point, not on the beat. And it's like, wow, like what, what happened? Like what the hell happened? That, that's literally what I texted and left messages for like to everybody I could. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I reached out to, I don't even, I can't, I lost track. I mean, over a hundred people like, and talked to, oh, I forget what the final, I know I had like just, 60 70 pages of transcriptions you know and it's, it's players it's scouts it's coaches it's just everybody you know and, and trying to be fair and, and in being fair you know i'm not going to just do a sit down with mike mccarthy or a sit down with aaron Rodgers. i gave both the opportunity to address uh different points in that story and allegations that were made but it, i didn't want to be tilted either direction I, I think the fairest way to go about it is to talk to as many people as possible get as much information as possible and then go from there. And then it kept coming back to the quarterback, the head coach and the GM. I mean, there's a lot of Ted Thompson stuff in that, in that story as well. And yep. it's like, I don't know what to tell people. Look, if, if you, if you see an anonymous source and you just don't want to believe it, cause it doesn't have a name to it. Look, I can't change your mind, but guess what? Like there's a lot of players that do want to share their experiences they've had with the quarterback with the head coach in green Bay, but they also know when they go back to Lambeau field, they would probably like to be revered and be a conquering hero. And, you know, as we see, I mean, any player can go back to Lambeau and, and sign autographs and, you know, have 80,000 people cheering for them, whether they're Brett Favre or Tony Fisher, like you see it before every game. <laughs> and these guys aren't stupid. Yeah. Like, I mean, Greg Jennings or Jermichael Finley, like, People, people love to kill them. I mean, they're they're basically pariahs, and the quarterback himself is is saying like <laughs> they're irrelevant, which is wild when they all won a Super Bowl together. But they're just answering my questions, and they were two guys that were willing to just put their name to it because they they don't have that that fear, they don't care, and and some guys they do care. So 
um, you know, I pieced together the, the various anecdotes and stories and, and, and perspectives that people had. It, it wasn't pretty for all involved, you know, for the head coach and the quarterback and the GM. It wasn't pretty. And I, if, if I read like an autopsy, probably because it was. I mean, that was, that was the yeah. end of something in Green Bay. And they, they've since were able to get it back with Matt LaFleur and, and Aaron Rodgers has, has been revitalized and it's been incredible. Yet, obviously, there's you're dealing with a different personality that it is a problem in some respects. And, and we're seeing it now. Like, it, it's it, as great as things appear, they aren't as great behind the scenes for a lot of the reasons that were kind of laid out two years ago. Yeah, I mean, after an election, we literally have what we call a postmortem in the media. I mean, autopsy is not that far off. And I just pulled up the piece. The piece is titled What Happened in Green Bay? So, like, uh, that's why I think it was so fascinating. It was just, hey, let's like, what happened? So much of, of journalism is driven by just trying to figure out what happened. And you attempted to do that. And, and so, you know, for, for someone like me, it was, it was incredibly valuable because I, I wanted to know. And so that insight is, is always useful. One more break here before we finish up with Ty Dunn. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, baseball back in full swing, of course, pun intended. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, of course, UFC. CMMA, horse racing, go to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great opportunities that they have to offer. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. And just for being a Locked On listener, you can get a special deposit bonus. Go to the website and sign up today and get a free 50% deposit bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. That's right. You put money in, use that promo code, and bet online will match that first deposit up to 50 percent today's episode is brought to you by built bar the best tasting protein bar ever it is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar they have a group of awesome base flavors i had the coconut almond today in fact absolutely delicious and then they have these limited time flavors and you are going to want to jump on them when you see them because they will sell out they will sell out because they are that Good. And what's amazing about them, they're all covered in 100% chocolate. They taste awesome. And yet, they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are a a miracle, truly. Go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Two last things here. One of the, the proposed issues here with with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers is this idea of communication he was told not consulted on Jordy Nelson being cut for example he was not told about Jordan Love he you know was I guess ignored on Jake Kumro let's say the Packers consult with Aaron Rodgers on Jordy Nelson and still cut him let him know ahead of time that they could take a quarterback and just say, hey, you know, it's not about you. That we just, If we do, it'll be the best thing for our team. And they, they give Rodgers a heads up two days before he does that serious XM interview or whatever and says, hey, I, we don't know if, if Kumar is going to make the team. How different a position is the team in now? 
You're pretty good at this job, Peter. That's a fantastic <laughs> question because you know what? You just answered it for me. I don't think it's different at all. I really don't. I, I think we're sitting here. I could be wrong. Look, I, I could be wrong. Maybe his feelings and emotions are wired in a way where he does take that into account and can forgive, maybe not necessarily forget, but, but forgive and, and keep playing. Maybe. Um, I tend to think Aaron Rodgers is, is a bottom line kind of guy. And uh, yeah, as a world-class grudge holder, don't even mean that in a bad way. It's part of what makes Aaron Rodgers uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback. The fact that any little thing can, can piss him off and, and he'll use it. I, I, I don't think, I mean, if you're still taking Jordan Love, if you're still releasing Jordy Nelson, if you're still cutting Jake Kumaro a day after he's praising him, I think all of that stuff still pisses him off. I think we're still sitting right here. I mean, I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't really think that that changes much at all. And it's, it's weird to see the Packers and, and Ron Wolf was, was really interesting talking about just the system in place. Cause he started it right. 91, 92. Yep. And, and I think that would, would maybe kind of call him up. I feel like the system is under attack. Like, I mean, the Packers are made out to be like this, this oldest of old school prehistoric, you know, shut up and play kind of franchise. And I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, I think that it's a hell of a place to play as he kind of said, like in green Bay, Wisconsin, like, all you got to worry about is playing football. There's not many engagements. There's not many, you know, things outside of football that are yanking you in this direction or that direction. And they do keep their own. They like locking up their own. And and it's – I do think that Aaron Rodgers would have that ability to at least have some input. I mean, I don't think Brian Gutekunst is lying at the mic when he said that draft weekend. Um, that, that's why I think Green Bay's probably like just kind of at this point – throwing their their arms up like all right the money's there the the, the roster is is fantastic i mean they, they've got young talent all over the place and they were just a few plays away from the super bowl which could point to a few throws as well right it wasn't marquez valdez scanling in the supporting cast why they lost that game but the team is good and they've got to be just really frustrated themselves and which is why i kind of wrote like when june first hits if you're green bay and, and, and this thing hasn't changed and he's still dug in you know, why not take your two first or two seconds or two, three starters and transition just a year earlier than you thought? Look, when you drafted Jordan Love, you knew it was going to get to this point. You you knew it was going to get excruciating and awkward and strange, and it was going to be really tough for a lot of parties involved. But that that's part of what makes the Packers different and special is they have GMs that can, that can be a little callous and be tough and, and make these tough decisions. And I, I think you make that Jordan Love pick to stand by that pick. And if you can get a lot for Aaron Rodgers, guess what? That's it's a luxury that basically every other team that's ever had a Hall of Fame quarterback never had at the end of their quarterback's career. So it's okay to look at this all, I think, through a positive light. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be doomsday. It doesn't have to be apocalyptic and holy crap, the world's going to end. Like, it can, be, it can be a good thing for the long-term health of the team to turn to a 22, 23-year-old quarterback all this other talent there. It sounds crazy to say out loud. I know. And I've, I've heard people tell me I'm nuts all week, but <laughs> well, here's the, here's the thing that I go back to Ty. You trade up in the first round for a quarterback. It's because you think he can be a top 10 player in the league. That is, that is what a first round grade means on a player is you think they can be a top 10 guy at the position. And when you think that, that he can be special, that's when you go up for him. The Packers think or thought in the pre-draft process that Jordan love could be special. So it's, it would be essentially unprecedented to trade a Hall of Famer for a bunch of assets coming off an MVP season and transition to Jordan Love. 
But if they're right, it becomes a bigger gamble and probably a, a potentially a bigger win than the gamble to take Aaron Rodgers in the first place. So let me ask you this as we wrap up here. You've written now twice about Jordan Love. The first was just, hey, how did the Packers make that decision, what that could look like, and and the, the potential bridge to a third era here. Now Jordan Love is thrust into this position where – He's he's having to to deal with all of this tangentially. He's catching shrapnel left and right, and yet he's out in in Bakersfield or wherever out in in California, just grinding, just trying to get better. How do you envision Jordan Love, based on all the research that you've done, all the people you've talked to? How do you envision him handling this as we move forward? Everybody says the same thing, and I probably have talked to about I want to say five or six people in his inner circle that that communicate pretty regularly with, with Jordan Love. And they, they all say that he is genuinely like controlling what he controls. And I know it sounds cliche, but he, he really is just taking it day to day. And he's not getting caught up into the chaos and the madness and, and watching TV round the clock at all of the different talking points every day. Like it's, it's not going to go away. It's going to be like this all month too. I, I think that he is genuinely locked in. Matt LaFleur, Luke Getze, they're sending uh, Jordan Love things to work on. Every week, he's bringing it to his private quarterbacks coach, Steve Calhoun, part of Armed and Dangerous. He's, I think he's had Cam Newton and Russell Wilson in the past. And, and they've got two cameras set up right on the field, one in the back, one in the front. They're trying to simulate actual games because it's been a long time since Jordan Love's been in an actual game. And I think that's it. Honestly, I think that he is in a really good place. Um, actually, David Yost, uh, one of his other coaches, just called me back today. So I'll probably throw that up at some point too. But he, he said that he reached out to him too, and Jordan seemed seemed great. So, I mean, ironically, Peter, I mean, he is the beautiful mystery here. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> like he knew what he was doing all along. Like you don't say what you what he said after that NFC Championship game if you don't have an inkling that's going to get to this point. Because I think that all, took us all by surprise. Um, but uh, I mean, the, the mystery is Jordan Love, and if he's good or not, and. Uh, Look, there's a lot of people that think there's a lot of special in there, a lot of special. I mean, the arm, I mean, you watch even that last season when everything's breaking down around him. He lost, what, four linemen, his running back, his tight end, his top three receivers, and the dude is just running for his life every play. But, I mean, I think that that is a reason Green Bay drafted him too. They, they saw that when things break down and, and everything goes haywire, he can make a play because nothing's going to be clean and perfect in the NFL either. Um Hey, but that, that that guy, that player, we, we just haven't seen in a long, long time. And, uh, you know, you know what's weird? I think the Packers would love to get some OTA work in Jordan Love before they would pull the trigger on a trade. You know, if they get him in there and at least have him throwing uh, versus air to Devontae Adams, it would it would at least help a little bit to see where he's at. I, uh, I think he is someone who, before all of this, every Packer fan was so excited to see. That excitement may be more um, nervous energy now. But I still think it's going to be the most anticipated, you know, tweets and blog posts from an OTA or from, um, you know, training camp that that we've seen in a very, very long time. Ty, I appreciate this, man. Thanks for doing it. Hey, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me on, Peter. This was a lot of fun. All right. I want to thank Ty for joining the show. Awesome to talk to him. I know there was a lot in there, but I think it is all uh, useful stuff as we try and figure out how this is all going to play itself out. And of course, we don't really know. We don't 
really know. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. You know, we heard from Devontae Adams. Um, you know, Jason Wildey has chimed in on, on what he thinks the issues are here. Ian Rappaport has offered some insight. And so we're going to try and piece things together as best we can moving forward here. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.